I'm Dr. Gene Hansen. For more than 25 years, I've been answering your financial questions on Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. This is Money Talks, providing honest, straightforward answers to your financial questions. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, October 12, 2019. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... The excessive decline in the dollar. It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. Amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on the radio. I'm Troy Harmon, here today with Jim Crone and DJ Barker. Hello. Hello, hello. Man, he got it right today. Yeah. He got it right today, folks. It's going to be a banner day. He's got a bonus going on. You like that? Oh, my goodness. All right, DJ uh, is a financial planner in our planning and implementation department. He's also a managing associate, so... uh, DJ knows everything and all things about financial planning, enough that he can teach others. That's right. Yeah. Very interesting. And then there's Jim Crone. Yeah. 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 Jim. Well, well, there's not more. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> about it. All right. <laughs> Jim's like, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Jim is, uh, he, I, you know, he's an insurance guy, but he's not that insurance he's not, guy. No, I mean, no, he's, no. Uh, he's, he's not that guy. That's well, right. I don't he's even have white shoes on today. Today? Yeah, that was by accident, though. <laughs> With the seersucker suit, the turtleneck fall. Oh, so with a turtleneck and a white jacket or something. Yeah. You just know you're not allowed to wear a fedora. white shoes. This, yeah. Yeah. This I try to style after DJ's Christmas attire. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, DJ's got this uh, lovely habit. I was going to say annoying, but I love it. That's it's great. Uh, dressing up like uh, cousin Eddie yeah. from uh, the Christmas, vacation. Christmas vacation. Christmas if you vacation. Know, He's, uh, you can appreciate it. Yeah. What, what do they call that thing? Uh, it goes under your shirt. Addictive. Addictive. A dickie. So if you don't have your own turtleneck, you can, you can just uh, wear a dickie. Wear a dickie. Lay that one off. Put a sweater over it. A white sweater works best with a black yeah. dickie, in my opinion. DJ, but, you know. DJ has gone to the links. To even have the moose cup yeah. with his eggnog in it. So. If you're going to do something, you he need to own it out. and go you need to go in. all out. No, you no, know? No, I can't wait for Christmas. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Why yeah, wait? It's just <laughs> around the corner. I, that's what I wear every Saturday. Yeah, so. no t- <laughs> Kids start getting used to it yeah. after a while. Yeah, yeah, how about that? Uh, we'll get plenty of time to talk about um, Jim Crone and some insurance situation. Uh, we've got... Uh, for our second segment of the show, but uh, let's talk a little about the stock market. We are What's up, happening? up My goodness. this week. We're up 0.88%, uh, led by You're financials, which is really odd. Uh, financials usually, you know, in the last few months have been kind of uh, dragging anchor. Yeah. Um, we look, the last 12 months, financials are up 2.68%. Last week, they were up one5 so much of the gain in financials over the last 12 months has been just in the last week. Uh, if you look um, a little more granularly over over the last few days, uh, like I say, financials led the way up 1.5. Information technology, which always has to that's join the party, 1.35%. That's yeah, been a leader. So we uh, you look at the other end of the spectrum, energy, everything's up this week. Every sector's positive. Energy's only up 0.11%. 
and real estate's up 33 basis points mm-hmm. or 0.33%. You look uh, year to date, uh, market's up 18.98%. Now, you know, like I said, you, you measure it back to uh, 12 months ago, and we're positive again, but we did have a huge decline from September 20th of 2018 to uh December 24th of 2018, we lost almost 20% in the S&P 500. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, we're kind of getting a little better comps. We're about a month into that when you look at the 12-month now. Uh, market's up 7.5% from uh, a year ago. Um, real estate's the big leader over the last 12 months, uh, up 28%, and utilities up 22.86. So uh, when you see that, you can almost assure yourself that something strange went on with some interest rates mm-hmm. over the last uh i guess third quarter of 2019 we had two rate cuts yeah. and uh since we're talking about rates why not just uh, dive all in um i was looking this week at uh probability of another rate cut um and and it's showing by the end of the year we should have a 92 percent probability that we'll get 25 basis points cut uh in the in the uh overnight lending rate from the fed um just a couple of weeks ago we were looking at the october probabilities around 55 percent or so that has kicked up to 75 percent so a lot of folks are saying that we'll get a rate cut by the end of this month which you know we have a meeting in uh late october and we have another one in december but Either way, one of those two meetings, it looks like a very high probability yeah, additional of, cut. A, of a 25 basis point wow. rate cut. A little extra juice in there, right? Yeah, the yield curve still <coughs> looks as strange as it has. Uh, you know, everything from the one month through the uh, one-year treasury still out yields the two-year, the three-year, the five-year, the seven-year, uh, and the 10-year is actually lower than the three-month, and that's been that way since uh, toward the end of May of uh, 2019. So, uh, you know, we had that classic inversion uh, toward the end of July. It went away after just a few days. But if you look at, uh, you know, the three-month versus the the 10-year Treasury yields, that inversion's been there since uh, since May. So uh, prolonged inversions usually are a bad sign for things to come in our Trends, economy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the good news is the consumer is still healthy. Um, in our last um, uh, em- employment situation numbers uh, that come out every month, usually the first Friday of the month, we get to non-farm payrolls. Uh, we were expecting about 145,000 jobs, I believe it was. We got 136,000. We need 127,000 just to keep pace with uh, things like population growth and, you know, other job losses. But um, So we're slightly positive in that regard, but our unemployment rate fell from 3.7% to 3.5. I don't know if you guys caught that. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, wage growth is still is still hitting at about 3%. And uh, inflation's at about 1.7. So the consumer has a job, and their wages are growing faster than the price of things. Uh, so consumer sentiment's been pretty good. Um, you know, the, especially when you look deeper into the consumer sentiment numbers, there's a, a, a uh, current aspect, and then there's an expectations. The current aspects have been higher for months. 
Um, and that still continues our uh, consumer sentiments around 92. It's been a little over 100, and, you know, six months ago. Uh, so it has come down some, but most of that on the fact that uh, consumers expect things to get worse. Um, when we really started seeing that was when we saw a lot of the trade talks start kicking up. So, yeah. um, you know, we've got uh, we've got a few things going on that um, would made you stop, make you stop and scratch your head. Um, equities don't look terribly expensive when you look at the price to earnings ratio. Uh, when you go a little deeper and look at price to sales, price to EBITDA, EBITDA being a cash flow-like symbol, uh, uh, not symbol, but uh, fundamental indicator, uh, meaning earnings before interest, depreciation, taxes, and um, what's the other one? Depreciation. Uh, the A? You mean the? Is yeah. The what is it? Come on. Annuities? Come on, Jim. Oh, goodness. Here's the insurance. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, it's amortization. Okay. <laughs> Annuities. <laughs> Who is this guy? Why did we let him on the show? All right. Show's over, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have a nice weekend. <laughs> excuse, me, excuse me, Jim. You're going to have to leave that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <laughs> anyway, it's uh, depreciation and amortization. Got so it. you take I'm away those non cash numbers and you add them back uh, because they aren't. They aren't true cash charges. Well, with all the financial jargon you were throwing around, I just figured we'd throw one insurance thing sure. in the mix. He's trying. Just He's to, trying. Just to get it in. You know? Now, I, I feel like I've got to stop and make a disclaimer. Jim, I said you're not the normal insurance That's guy. That's right. You I'll really aren't. It. Have you ever sold an annuity? You know, it. Oh. it uh, I'm 27. Actually, I just crossed a 28-year threshold, so I'm into my 28th year now. Okay. And uh, I just crossed that threshold of the sale of a variable annuity. Because, look, annuities, like all things, have a spectrum to them. Sure. And there have been those that I have stayed away from, but there have been some very unique plays where we've reduced fees and cut things to their just basic aspect of an annuity. And, yeah, I did. I did. About two years ago, I I sold my first variable annuity. In your 28 years, you sold from, one? Out, Is sold, that what you're I've got two now. Oh, you've sold two, oh, got two annuities. So it's really not something you push. But I know you get to look at them all the time. We see you clients. Boy, we see them all the time. We are always talking and, about And them. way too often, what is the case? If fees are off the chart. Yeah. And I will say, I have come to a sort of a conclusion here that, as most things, there aren't necessarily there are bad products but most of the time i see bad application right of you know somebody right. sees an annuity and they keep pushing and pulling all these different various things but it's just applied in a very bad way yeah to a fact pattern right so uh, really it comes down to the salesperson and whether or not they understand <coughs> what fits where and right. way too often there's probably a little too much Juice. incentive yeah. for them to sure. turn away and do the right thing, they'll yeah, sell you yeah. the annuity. You I know go. there's uh, companies out there that uh, that's pretty much all they ever want to sell, but, uh, you know. There's Jim, 28 yeah. years, two annuities. He's getting out of control. <laughs> Listening to Money Talks, we'll be right back. Did you know that nearly 11% of residents and 12% of children in Cobb County live below the poverty line? That's thousands of families doing without, which is especially sad during the holidays. 
The Center for Family Resources has been bringing the community together to collect food items for low-income families in Cobb County for over 30 years. Through our Thanks for Giving program, we provide holiday food boxes during the Thanksgiving break filled with ingredients for families to cook their own traditional holiday meal. Plus, since Thanksgiving, we can put an extra strain on a family's food budget while children are home from school. We provide extras like breakfast foods, pasta, and peanut butter for those added meals. How can you help? Go to the CFR.org to volunteer, raise money, or start a drive through your business, church, neighborhood, or civic organization or school. That's the CFR.org, and thanks for giving. You This is the dog. The dog of the week. All right, we got a dog this week, and uh, it's it comes from Spain. Uh, this was reported off the AFP. Um, so there were um, there's a just think of this, DJ. Okay. I mean, you're a, you're a police ex policeman, right? Yes. Uh, there's a chopper in the air. Okay. Hovering over a boat. Yells down to the folks, they just had a crash. Mm. They tell them, you know, fish the folks that have fallen out of the other boat out of the water and give them a hand. And uh, the, the people oblige. Turns out, though, that um, the folks in the water were the police. Ooh. They had been chasing a boat that was uh, suspected of smuggling hashish oh, very nice. yeah. into Spain. Uh, this was off the coast of Malaga, and uh, the the people obliged. Um, the would be smugglers obliged. Got the policeman out of the out of the water. What had happened is the the police boat had ran into this boat, and when it did, it <laughs> it actually caused all of the policemen to fall out of the boat. Huh. Uh, they went back and checked. Uh, they found uh, quite an amount of hashish in the water. So what do you think? For their good deed, they were let go, right? Oh, absolutely. Did you, is, is that is that how that? Well, probably not. Yeah, <laughs> that's not how this works. Nah. Yeah, say no. uh, they said they found 80 packages of hashish. Very nice. In the water, uh, really did happen. Police pursued them. The chase uh, went on for a little while. Uh, police boat rams into these smugglers. Policemen fall out of the water. I mean, fall into the water out of the boat. The helicopter that is over them, uh, it, I guess it made the other boat stop. Yeah. Uh, they called down to them with a uh, megaphone and told them, hey, pick those pick guys them. up out of the water. Um, I think they really did think they were going to get away with it. Uh, they sent somebody to double back and check out uh, the packages, the suspicious packages in the water. It's drugs. So you rescue your accuser, and it turns out that, you got booked. You still you got, got in trouble. Yeah. yeah. You still. Yeah. That last One few good seconds. Act yeah. It doesn't turn. Doesn't, doesn't offset the 150 yeah. that were on the right. before that. That's right. So um, I guess <coughs> the financial planning spend of this, DJ, since you are both a previous cop and a financial planner, is what? Uh, let me Don't try. stop. <laughs> Continue <laughs> to save or run. Either way. <laughs> If you're in hall, just keep on rolling. Save them, continue. Just hit the hammer and <laughs> get out of dodge uh, with the police officer. That's right. Is it kidnapping them too? Well, yeah, it would be. It yeah. would be, um, which would be unfortunate. But yes, if, yeah. you know, continue saving and or running. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know, this is uh, from our resident, uh, who used to be police officer who once, uh, he, he's best known in these parts for uh, having accosted and <laughs> captured an emu at one point. Yes. Mm. They got out on the interstate and we, um, you know, took care of business. We had to chase him down, and I was the officer that, uh, that tackled the emu. Oh. Yeah, they, I mean, did you like knock him off his feet? I literally, it was like, you know, it was, it was a takedown. Like a, it was a takedown. <laughs> he, he hit the guardrail one foot over the other, and that was my opportunity, and I tackled him. Went to the ground. So he was straddling I got a guardrail. It's very difficult, though, See, to now put you, on a... you made like it was an open field tackle, like you well, know, something that Champ Bailey's never seen. <laughs> well, it, it was very difficult to put handcuffs on the emu feathers. I'll be honest <laughs> well, their arms are very yeah. short. It's, it's, it's like... Slippery suckers. <laughs> it'd be like handcuffing right a T-Rex. <laughs> right, yeah. 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 All right, well, uh, thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, the, so the story is... Um, if you save well enough, you don't have to become a drug smuggler. That's and, the truth. And uh, that's that's how DJ a life of financial crime. planning ties into uh, <laughs> all crime aspects. A life of crime does not pay. It does not pay. It does not pay. But you do get three hots in a cot, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well. <laughs> I don't know about other countries. <laughs> you in, in, in the U.S., <laughs> yes. In, the US. in Spain, it may not be the may, same. Maybe. And maybe that's the reason that you don't <laughs> practice in Spain. All right, enough silliness. All let's right. uh, let's move business. on. To, yeah. we got some very important information well, of here. Of course we do, and Jim's going to Jim wow us. Is uh, ready Jim, to you go. know, I didn't go through your uh, your certifications when uh, yeah. when I started, and I know you've got a couple, and you know my favorite one, and I'm just going to let you say it. Yeah. So uh, I got this uh, early on when I got into my insurance career. I got the Chartered Life Underwriter. Okay. It's the CLU. So you have a clue. I have a clue. I, I, I this is a man with a clue. Yep. <laughs> and then I also have a certified fund specialist. Yeah, certified fund specialist. Right. You yeah. d- it rolls off your tongue a lot better. See, I always have to make sure I emphasize the D just because. Right. Uh, because you're not that much well, fun. <laughs> maybe I should try going your route. Just keep the certified just fund it. specialist yeah. and let Can it you? go. Yeah. Uh, you don't even have your clown suit on today, and you said it perfectly. <laughs> I can play that card. That doesn't, <laughs> can you? That doesn't make you a clown at parties. You don't. You don't go to children's events. No, scare the kids. I can clown at a whole bunch of different things, but fun children but parties, special. fun. And you know what? I used to say you were the only CFS that I knew, but I, there's a couple of guys in our 401k division that I That's think right. recently. Got their CFS as well. So we have fun when we get together. Oh, that's I for sure. bet you guys. No, that's a party. I bet it's <laughs> a laugh a riot. Party. Yeah, more fun than a barrel of monkeys, right? There you yeah, go. All right. Anyway, so uh, you ran into a couple this week. Mm-hmm. You were talking about uh, a young couple, relatively young. I mean, you know, they're fifty. As so I said today, young. Are, that's yeah. real young. As to I me. said today, yeah. I'm going to call them the young couple. That's yes, right. Of course. Uh, but their family, they, their, yeah. their children, recently got out of college, and they're talking about long-term care insurance, yeah. which is a little bit of a different conversation for for young folks to have. I mean, for as long-term care goes, Correct. usually you don't see that much interest in somebody that's fifty, right? True. But I will tell you, popular press has really pumped a lot of information in the market, and I'm beginning to get a lot more different conversations at younger ages. Mm -hmm. People are a lot more concerned, maybe, because of two things. One, the press, but two, they have personal experiences, right? Parents are at that stage where they're having to address face head-on, what are you doing with this whole long-term care issue? And then they're in that sandwich generation saying, okay, I got kids that are just now graduating or starting the workforce. 
thankfully they're going to hopefully start with a market like it is today. The workforce is open, allowing for young kids to step into it really well. But they then are saying, gosh, why don't I take a step into seeing what are my options? Mm -hmm. And what's happening that I see today is that there's a whole lot more insurance options that are available today than there were three, five, even more so than 10 years ago. That's good on one front, but it does a lot more to confuse people than anything. Um, the particulars of this scenario I was talking with vote to, uh, just today was young couple, male 53, female 50. He's a He runs his own business, um, takes his income from his business, right. and then she's an executive. So the bonus for them and for their conversation was that we put our plan together. We started with quantifying the risk. You know, it's not so much about their detail today, but it's when they become eligible for the benefits. We want to make sure that those benefits are in line with where cost of care will be. So we do a step. We take a step to make sure that we look at where cost of care is today. And in their scenario, it's probably 29, 30 years out before they're going to actually look at what is the benefit going to actually pay against the cost of care. That's a big step. We do that. And then in their situation, the premiums came in at a very, I don't know, call it reasonable level. Like Is that common for somebody that's younger? Oh, absolutely. The younger you go, the lower the premiums would be. Right. Um, we had a conversation today. He asked a great question. He said, gosh, I'm concerned that maybe these premiums are going to increase somewhere down the road. And the point that I was making with him was, Look, interest rates has a big effect on insurance companies' relevance to the premium um, today. And with interest rates as they are today, I have a higher degree of confidence that the rates that are available today are not going to have the same kind of effect as they would have had they been placed 10, 15, 20 years ago. Because of where rates are today and they're low, the most likely effect is in the future they're going to rise. Right which will inure to the benefit of the insurance company. So I explained to the guy, I said, look, don't look for a rate decrease in the future. Right, <laughs> right. But yeah. by the same token, you're probably not likely to see a rate increase. Right. Because of rates as they sit today. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that. And as a financial analyst, I look at it quite a bit, uh, you know, from, from the point of view of trying to invest in an insurance right. company. Right, uh, At least half of, uh, of most insurance companies' income comes from their portfolio of bonds. Exactly. And when interest rates are low, it makes it more difficult for them to, to uh, be as profitable as they've been in the past. Well, he had a great question because he started the whole conversation by asking, by saying his parents have had rate increases. Mm-hmm. So he was uh, concerned about that. And as the, un- as the discussion unfolded, we squelched his fear that we're in an environment I think he's best suited for that. Yeah. With his detail... The nice thing was because of his uh, ownership of his of his business, his premiums are largely deductible to him, both his and his wife. So right. That turned out really nice. Well, let's uh, take a real quick break. When we come back, we can uh, finish this discussion and uh, maybe talk about some other uh, financial questions we've received via email through the week. You're listening to Money Talks. Stick around.
This is Money Talks. We're back. I'm Troy Harmon here today with DJ Barker and Jim Crone. Uh, these guys were giving me a little bit of a rough time because of the outro music that I played last time. I mean, it, it, let me just explain myself. It is almost Halloween, mm. and that was <laughs> Chopin's Funeral March. Mm-hmm. For anyone who didn't recognize it, DJ. <laughs> I mean, I think everyone else in the room knew exactly what it was. Sure, I'm from Miami. We we don't listen to classical music. It's more techno. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm sorry, sorry. my bad. I should have known right Who's away. Chopin? But yeah, <laughs> what'd you call me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> careful. You Trump. might offend him. Uh, you know, when he walks in the room with his g-string on we should have known he was from miami right off the bat yeah, what gave it away what, that offends you so that offends i didn't you. say it oh, offended okay. me i just said we should have known where you were from that's all dj calm down no, it's I'm okay sorry. i'm sorry don't be so combative man i am your friend <laughs> <laughs> all right uh we're here to answer believe it or not we're here to answer your financial, financial questions <laughs> uh and we would love to hear from you uh maybe in a, it would keep us from being a little bit less loopy uh so uh, you can reach us on our question hotline at one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. The way that works, you call in, you'll get our recording. Uh, at that number, uh, you leave your recording, including your question. We play the question on the air and answer right behind it. So uh, that is one way you can reach us. You can also call us directly on and uh, speak with a human. Uh, number seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six. You can ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn. And uh, she is our grand producer. Uh, she will take your question and uh, make sure that it gets on the air. Um, or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. You can also go to our website, hensler.com, spelled again, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R. Dot com And uh, we have lots of information downloaded, so you can probably answer some of your own questions. If they're too uh, specific, you'll probably want to call or email us. Uh, but we, again, would love to hear from you. And um, Jim, when we were talking last, uh, talking about some long-term care insurance and uh, younger folks that are, that are uh, looking to potentially purchase some long-term care insurance, when we say younger folks, we're not talking about 20-somethings. Right. We're talking about somebody in their 50s, early yeah. 50s, kids leaving the nest. Uh, right. You know, right. college is, is uh, all all uh, the craze these days. So why not let the kids go to school and you get you some long-term care insurance from that our favorite wow. insurance guy who is also a certified funds yeah. specialist. Yeah, yeah, certified yeah. fund specialist. specialist. Yes. Yeah. Fund specialist, too. Yeah, this yeah, guy's yeah, just yeah. a laugh. I, I pull it all together. But, yeah, uh, kind of like the kind of like the rug in the room for uh, the death march. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you call me? <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, Jim, uh, we we left that subject not fully tapped out. So um, hmm. I guess the question is, uh, as you noted, there is a benefit to buying long-term care insurance earlier. Hmm. Um, and if you don't mind, flesh sure. that out for us a bit. Well, if you think about it, uh, it is a pretty, um, ra- um, st- 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 statistically speaking. I thought you, you weren't going to get that. I was going I pulled, yes. I pulled it off. 
Yeah. I, I mean, look, the average claim begins at a, at age 80, and that's a known fact by virtually all the insurance companies. So if you use that as sort of a, a, a benchmark and you say, okay, the closer I get to age 80, you can almost imagine the premiums are going to get much more expensive. Right. So if you pull back from age 80, the longer you pull it back, the lower your premiums will likely be. That's okay. obviously a true true fact. I actually did a little analysis a little while back and found that if you broke it out into five-year increments, if you started at age 50, you could see probably on the order of at least 10 to 15% increases in premiums uh, between ages 50 and 55. And then as you continue on that, that, that moves from 10 to 15% to 13 to 17% as you get closer to age 80. So does that make sense? I mean, sure. as you get closer, it's going to be more expensive. So to fit, it, fit into a budget, you can actually look at the, the younger ages. It just so happens in our case study, he's a business owner. So in talking over with Dan Deluzio, the, the tax impact, right. the net effect of his premiums. I'm sorry, I'm uh, <laughs> dealing with a little bit of a voice issue today, and I didn't realize I was going through puberty, but... At the age of 52, you think you'd normally get that cleared, but you're right. <laughs> that got me. That, that got you squared away. Oh yeah. All right. So. Uh, so anyway, uh, do you happen to know if there's if there's any study that shows like total amount spent on long-term care if you start early versus if you started late? I know hmm. quite often, you know, because when you start late, the, the price is so much more expensive. Right. It gets almost cost prohibitive, does it not? It very much does. And that's really one of the challenges. Two things happen, and uh, we have different people at different stages of the conversation. Sometimes we get into conversations with people who are unable to get it because of medical issues that have crept into the conversation. Right. That's one aspect that there is no economic place on that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is just the fact that you now are statistically going to have deal, deal with a higher premium. That's on today's rates. It right. is important to note that historically insurance companies, instead of going back, or they, they attempt to, instead of going back to address uh, premium deficiencies on old blocks of business, they very likely will increase current policies or future rates of okay. future policies. So you're they saying do that they wouldn't first. go up on your policy, they make it up on someone well, else. They do, they, bo they do both. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Because we're seeing a lot of people would have rate increases on existing blocks of business. Right. But that was due predominantly because of the interest environment, interest rate environment right. we talked about before. But now where we are with interest rates, it's less likely that you're going to have uh, – policies issued today with rate increases. But that said, that doesn't stop the insurance company from, you know, I get notices some somewhat frequently where, you know, hey, effective 12-1-2019, we're going to have a, a rate increase on different groups of, you know, categories of ages. And that's how they manage their blocks of business. Yeah. Well, the one thing you've got to have is a company that can stay in business. That's if they're right. Gonna, if you're going to expect them to pay uh, that which they owe you, you would you would uh, make well, sure you would want them to make sure that they're capable of that's keeping really, the lights on. That's a great question. I had to answer that one earlier for the client who called earlier as well, 
And uh, the answer to that is there is a state guarantee fund right. that backs up all insurance companies. Absolutely. I've done yeah. a little work on that before. Yeah, that's right. Well. Yeah, so I've, I've looked into that. Related to long-term care, each policy is covered up to $300,000. And we have seen that fund get hit before, yeah. uh, you know, with uh, some insurance providers having gone out of business. It's an unfunded fund. Right. And basically the big guys on the block, those that write most of the business in the state, are, have more. are proportionally greater uh, mm -hmm. as far as their responsibility for taking up the slack. And quite often what happens is because of that, they just buy out the previous exactly. business and, um, and, and because they know it's coming. Yeah. Uh, it's very rare to see uh, right. anything that doesn't get paid in the insurance industry. Absolutely. Yeah. So there are some protection mechanisms into play. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we do know that uh, people are living longer these days. Women have a life expectancy of age 81. Uh, men, it's 78. And uh, when that grows, I imagine it plays into whether or not you're going to get uh, um, you increases, know, increases in, your, in your you know. And it has had an effect on the pricing of long-term care. About four years ago, there was a pricing change. It used to be that someone who was age 55 was going to have the same premium, male or female. But about four years ago, with all these other issues that have gone on in long-term care, they made a fundamental change, and they now have not only age price differences, but they have gender-based differences. Oh, really? So, yeah. so males are fundamentally cheaper than females uh, by a lot. Right. By a lot. You know yeah. what's interesting to me, and I don't know if you've heard any of this, but uh, when I talk to young people, and this time I'm not talking about a 50-year-old <laughs> young person, I'm talking about 20-somethings, uh, there's quite a few of them that believe that they're going to live to be 100. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, with medical technology being what it is, and many of them are more aware of uh, the fact that everything you put in your mouth as food is actually medicine as well, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they, they are a little more mindful, unlike myself, of what they eat. I mean, I'm kind of like a catfish. I'll eat anything that's slower than me. But uh, Put me in the bad medicine category. Then. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but anyway, I, I know that that all plays into it. So, Jim, you're telling us that uh, buying insurance early is actually, buying long-term care insurance early is actually not the worst idea. Right. Take a look at it. Make sure we can walk through, address budget issues, and make sure that we have a plan that actually does keep up with the cost of care. Now, can you make me one promise in the middle mm, of this? That yeah. you're not going to try to sell them an annuity? Oh, I mean, well. 28 years, you've sold two of them. I mean, this is a trend. That was the first 28. Wait till the next 28. <laughs> yeah, now it's go time. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, uh, on that note, uh, let's uh, take a real quick break. When we come back, we will uh, have a awesome interview with a local charity, the Center for Family Resources. Money Talks. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with DJ 
DJ, what is your last name again? Oh, Barker, yeah, that's Barker. Right. That's right. Yeah. We always we take get the that R. wrong. Yeah, okay. well, I do. I don't know why I'm the only one, but, you know. I've got some ideas, but yeah. this well, is not the time. Okay. Well, we do have some special guests in the studio today uh, who want to highlight a local charity. Uh, we've uh, We've got... Melanie Kagan, who is the CEO of the Center for Family Resources, as well as Lee Smith, who is the Vice President of Operations. And uh, they've got a, a special thing coming up. Uh, I will let you guys tell a lot more about it, but it's uh, the Thanks for Giving Drive um, coming up. And uh, it, let's, let's hear a little bit about what you guys do uh, at the Center for Family Resources. All right. Thanks, Trey, and thank you so much for having us. Uh, we're fortunate to be in our 34th year with Thanks for Giving that engages the community over the Thanksgiving holiday to collect food, donate funds, and volunteer their time to alleviate some of the financial stresses of the holiday season for low-income families. All right. And uh, this, uh, the, the charity's been in the community for quite a long time. In fact, uh, Melanie, you recently took over as, uh, as the CEO from Jerry Barr, who was... Uh, very gracious to to uh, do all kind of things for the community through Center for Family Resources for the last 35 years. So uh, you got some big shoes to fill, and um, I I, uh, I know you're up to the task. You're you've uh, got experience with charities and in industry as well, correct? I do. Yeah, yeah. Big shoes to fill. Jerry was a fantastic leader for the organization and such a drive in this community for so many different things. So. Um, very excited to take on and, and prove that her legacy stands for something really great and keep it going. All right. Uh, so the Thanks for Giving kicks off soon. It does. We are actually right in the middle of Thanks for Giving. Registration's October 15th and 16th, and then the distribution will be November 20th through the 23rd. Okay, and the registration is? Um, at the Civic Center next uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, the 15th and 16th, and it's to register families in our community um, who need food boxes for the week that they're out of school for Thanksgiving. Okay, so it's uh, it's more than just a Thanksgiving meal. This is for a week-long, uh, uh, basically, a, a making sure that everyone gets fed. Absolutely. We do all the Thanksgiving traditional food, but with trimmings of peanut butter and jelly and pastas and soup so that when kids are out of school for the week, we alleviate that barrier of food insecurity, as well as it being one of our major fundraisers. It's a, a food uh, collection and a fundraising event that actually started um, in 2007. We coined it Thanks for Giving, although we've been doing a Thanksgiving food program for 34 years. All right. So uh, can you tell us a little more about CFR, maybe the mission and, and uh uh, how its mission line work has been addressing some of the issues in the community? Absolutely. We're about to celebrate our 60th year, May 2020, and we've been focused in Cobb County working with families who are facing eviction and homelessness, addressing employment and education issues, um, but we have an on-site food pantry. So we take the show on the road, as we say, once a year and do thanks for giving because it's aligned with our mission of still supporting families and removing barriers for them. And being out of school for a week is a barrier to some of our families when they are food insecure. So we help that um, through our food program, our food collection, and the food box that they receive through Thanks for Giving. Can you give us some examples of how the, the uh, organization has impacted lives in Cobb County? Absolutely. We, um, our main mission is housing stability. It's very hard to focus when you're not sure where you're going to sleep or where you're going to eat. Right. And so we um, have a large impact of financial assistance in housing families, in feeding families, in educating families. 
All right. Uh, does the uh, CFR balance providing emergency versus uh, creating dependency on services? Um, our model is heavy support in the beginning where the family takes over as they go through our program. So the goal is self-sufficiency, um, having us help them um, with, um, their, with services that they need right. and for them to be able to secure yeah, that's awesome. I, I think it's probably a, a great focus just to, I mean, you're not just trying to, it's not a giveaway. Yeah. Uh, right. You're trying to, to educate folks mm -hmm. and, and make sure that they don't, uh, or maybe in the future, they don't find themselves in a in a situation where they continue to need, you know, it's not something that they're going to rely on. It's a safety net. It's not a hammock, right? Correct. Yeah, We exactly. have some great stories that that come out of our programs and what we do and it's really about empowering them and, and helping them realize that they are capable right. and that they really can accomplish their goals and get things done. So many of them are so beaten down and so upset and so tired and just don't have that confidence and so we've got one of our case managers told a great story about a family she helped and the woman was so angry and she got into um, usually very many altercations with her oh. bosses and couldn't quite keep a steady job. Yeah. Um, she just had too many things going on and didn't know how to handle the strife and stress um, and they got some employment assistance and coaching for her and she was fluent in Spanish so they actually got her a job at a call center um, because that's a great asset for them um, and sure. they helped her along the way and how to deal with some of the situations and um, after about a year she was promoted and you know went on to actually do really great things in that company so it, it's just a matter of getting them the right in the right place at the right time and helping them realize that they have it inside of them and that they are capable and and can really establish those goals and reach for the stars for themselves right and uh, more directly with education you guys provide uh, some help with GEDs is that correct we do we yeah. have a GED preparatory course um, right. on site and we operate that two nights a week for anyone 16 and above who uh, did not complete high school and is looking to go back and further their education through the GED program Right, so if folks wanted to help out, how can how can they donate? Um, what do you need? And you know, you you've uh, said that the the drive starts soon, or we're in the middle of it. So, uh, can you explain how the community might come together sure. with you and help? Sure. Well, like you say on your program, money talks, Troy. So um, <laughs> we can always always use financial contributions, both for thanks for giving and just for general support of the agency and what we do. Um, but we, for Thanksgiving, obviously, for thanks for giving, take food drives and food donations. So we've got tons of schools. All of the Marietta City schools are involved and um, several of the Cobb County schools. We've got a lot of civic organizations and companies that do food drives throughout the month of November. And then um, we have trucks that will come around and do some pickup. And um, that's the biggest way for thanks for giving that people can assist. But we also take gift cards. It's very important for us that our families have the ability to have the Thanksgiving that's theirs. Um, so if their tradition is ham and not turkey, we want them to be able to get that themselves. So gift cards to grocery stores and Visa gift cards um, really help our families be able to go purchase those special items I see. Um, that they need. So we take those as well. So you leave all the protein up to the family. You <laughs> just give them some cash and let them go deal with it, right? That is correct. All right. Uh, and you said gift cards. So is that a kind of a new trend or is that something that you've been seeing a lot of for a while? 
It's not a new trend, it's, but it is easier for us um, than storing, you know, 450 turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, if you have to have a lot of space to be able to do that, and distribution over two days makes it hard to just have those fresh and on hand. So it's just a lot easier for us. Plus, like we said, you know, some families have different traditions than what we would consider normal Thanksgiving tradition, and we want them to be able to give their family what, what they had as tradition in their own household and, and really take care of that themselves. All right, so if uh, if we couldn't give uh, monetarily, you guys have some volunteer opportunities. Do you mind talking about that? We absolutely, absolutely do have volunteer opportunities. Actually, it takes about 400 volunteers to wow. make Thanks for Giving happen. <laughs> so over four days, November 20th through the 23rd, we are sorting food, um, unloading food, making food boxes. Um, the families will come on the 22nd and 23rd of November to pick up their food, and so they're getting to meet our families, greet our families, serve our families uh, with the food boxes that they have prepared throughout the week. In addition, I skipped over October, October 15th and 16th, uh, we do registration at the Cop Civic Center where families are pre-registered and our goal is up to 1,000 families representing almost 4,000 persons um, to receive food. And so we need screeners. So if you have any interest in serving our clients and doing the screening part, we'd love to have you at the Civic Center next week. Awesome. And this is not the only thing you guys do for the community. Uh, can you share with us briefly, maybe, uh, we've got a few more seconds left, <laughs> uh, how CFA helps in the community outside of uh, thanks for giving sure absolutely so all year long we um, assist all of our clients who are experiencing homelessness or housing insecurity um, so our primary goal is to really make sure people have a stable place to be with their families it's really important to us that kids have a place to lay their heads and that families have that basic necessity in order to focus on the next step for themselves so that is one of our biggest things, but food always causes some insecurities for our families too, so we make sure that they've got that as well. All right, so uh, it's a year-round effort. Uh, the CFR, Center for Family Resources, thank you, Melanie, and thank you, Lee, for sharing with us uh, this awesome uh, service that you guys do for the community. Thank you for the, the opportunity to be here today. Thank you for all your help and support. You're welcome. Well, that was an awesome interview. It's yeah. great to see what uh, what folks are doing in our community to to help those that are less fortunate. But at the same yeah. time, uh, DJ, didn't you help physically last year with the with the uh, Thanks for Giving? Yeah, push? they do. So I've done it, um, and it's it's pretty pretty interesting. So you know, they'll get deliveries of canned goods, and we will help you know families or you know even organizations unload trucks and cars and take all the canned goods in, uh, unbox them. Organize, reorganize, you know, figuring out where the canned goods go, making yeah. sure obviously the expiration dates are valid. Awesome group. It's awesome. It's a good time. Thanks for listening. You listen to Money Talks. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments, it is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. 
portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.